episode two is over, but we are just getting started here at Post Show Recaps. Uh, I'm Chris McGinnis, back again to talk about season one, episode two, Shock and Delight. And once again, I am joined by a fabulous panel. Um, Geneva's here. Geneva, how are you? I am doing pretty well. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Um, yes. You know, um, also shout out to my dad. Happy birthday. Um, and it's also Aww. one year since we recorded um, for our, uh, you know, Patreon feed, that two-part series. So happy anniversary to the Dark Walk. So cute. It's so cute that you remembered. I hope you got us all something good for our paper anniversary. <laughs> um, I got you nothing. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. You you have notes. You brought notes to the podcast, and that that's all the paper we need. Um, also, Sasha Joseph is back. Sasha, how are you? So good. Uh, we're. I feel like we're finally getting into like the flirting and the 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 mess. So I'm excited. Uh, let's get into shock and delight. Yes, hell yes. And last but certainly not least, we are also joined by Sarah Carity. And Sarah, how are you? I'm doing very well. Happy day after Valentine's Day to everybody here on this podcast, coming to you from the past. Uh, I'm podcasting today from the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Aora Nation. Very happy to be here. Amazing. So, yeah, we are really into it in episode two. I did not remember how much happened in episode two of this show. Like, they pushed the plot forward significantly here, and I did not remember that it happened so fast. Um, Sasha, was there anything that like surprised you revisiting this episode? Yeah, I was. I, I remember even thinking, like, how is the show moving so fast, and we still have eight episodes, you know, or six more six. to go? You and I both are like, oh, there's yeah, ten. But I there's know only eight. <laughs> ten is just a nice number. Anyway, so I was like, how do we have six more to go? Because there's so much that's already happened. But I think the biggest thing is how quickly the Duke is taking to Daphne, uh, even though it's quote unquote fake. I I'm I'm into how quickly he's flirting. With our girl. That's that's I think the thing I'm most surprised about. Yeah, I was um I was super surprised with the Nigel stuff. Like I didn't realize that that resolved right so quickly. Uh but you know what? Good for them. Uh Sarah, what did you think of this episode? Well, I think it's the the economy of the storytelling is so wonderful because we get the entire backstory of the Duke in one episode it doesn't feel <laughs> rushed it feels like we get everything that we need to get and uh setting him up for the you know the the, the central conflict of the of the relationship so i yeah again i was surprised too i thought where, why are we going so fast and then i realized of course we have delights to come <laughs> <laughs> episode <Of course>. five <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think oh, no. too. I'll be sick for that one. I'll be sick Please. for that one. No. But I think too, because the last time we kind of watched a lot of it grouped together, it just kind of blended together. So mm-hmm. looking at these episodes individually, I was like, oh wow, we really got the serious backstory of you know Simon in his childhood and like you know what kind of leads him ultimately to being very you know hesitant about not only you know eventually that we'll talk about the whole having children thing but even just like being committed to a woman because that's just not that's just not how he is he's 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 a rake as they like to say on the show um so I think it was quite um interesting to see like kind of that develop um and just even a lot I feel like there are a lot of um there's a lot of discussion too on just even um just the like the general themes when it comes to like um, you know, what the woman's expectations are. We talk a, a lot about, like, um, pregnancy. Um, like, what is what does that mean? You know, the, the younger women learning more how, like, what, what love means. Because I think there's a lot of, of course, you know, kind of beating around the bush when it comes to that subject. <laughs> um, so I think it is quite, you know, an interesting <laughs> approach to how this episode really kind of dives into these topics. Sorry, Definitely. Love, but beating around the bush is is exactly uh, what it is when you don't when you when you have a uh, when you don't have a sexual education uh, and two virgins get together. I think there's a lot of beating around the bush until oh, things Lord. finally resolve. 
We're gonna get canceled before this even drops. Um, please, if anyone tries to cancel me, just give me five minutes in the room with them. As a <laughs> oh, amazing! Oh, um, so, I mean, I know we'll get into it, but what 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 I found interesting and it surprised me again. So, it's like revisiting it is really full of wonderful surprises and delights. Is Duke Daddy, who we've also <laughs> always seen as this terrible. Uh, figure an effing monster as his son calls him uh, just the moment before he dies we see why we don't forgive him he's completely wrong but we see his uh grip on his um position is really really tight because he feels it can be taken away at any time and we'll get to that so there's there's that there's the disappointment uh that everybody of the time understands a disappointment for a man not to have a son so he is a man of his time as well i don't forgive him i don't think the show forgives him but we do get his motivation like really clearly and really economically Yes, so I think um, with that, maybe we should just kind of go through all of the flashbacks, kind of get those out of the way, and then we can jump to the present day, um, because I think that that will be the easiest way to kind of split this up. So the episode starts um, with, we we don't know right away that it's the Duchess of Hastings, but we find out fairly quickly that it's her um, giving birth. It is sounding very horrific. not going well. Lady Danbury is there and is trying to go into the room with her, but is told that she can't go in, which I think is wild. At the time, I think a woman would have been allowed to to join her, but uh, the Duke of Hastings is um, so horrible that he won't even let her go in to like be with her dear friend um, who is giving birth. And it's, it's not going well. You can see from the scenes with the doctor, they're like needing a lot of medical equipment to get this baby out. It is not going well. Um, But Simon is born and he will be the future Duke of Hastings. uh, But his mother unfortunately passes in childbirth, um, but not before she tells Lady Danbury that she is very proud that she finally gave the Duke a son. <sighs> All this man cares about, this man referring to the former Duke of Hastings, is about having his son, Simon Arthur Henry Fritz Ranulf Bassett. I don't, I've never actually heard Fitz Ranulf as a name, so that was also quite It's um, a great name. Yeah. Um, that's all he cares about. And, you know, meanwhile, when he's cheering, like, I have a son, hooray, hooray, you know, Lady Danbury is like rushing, you know, to the Duchess of Hastings side to just check on her and make sure she's okay. Um, it's just kind of like very, you know, it's a sad scene to me. And I think it also shows, I think also just generally in this episode, I started realizing, oh, I don't really like this person or like, I'm not a fan of what this person just said or did and that was like kind of the first uh moment i had where like i don't think i'm a huge fan of the former duke of hastings and we kind of start to see why even more so with how he treats simon in the future flashbacks yeah he's he very clearly did not care about his wife at all outside of what she could provide him which was the son which you know as we discussed last week is the expectation of a woman at this time um but still like you would you would hope that there'd be like some kind of degree of fondness, but there isn't. And it's just disappointing to see it in that way. And like, think about how he was brought into this world, right? Like he, uh, like I am talking about Simon uh, Duke Jr. Because he wasn't even able to like be held by his own mom for one. And then secondly, it, felt rushed i like i wrote that in my notes like was the baby forcibly removed because why did it you know it felt just so traumatic and um you know it's i obviously maybe you don't remember what happened but all of that stuff does somehow get into your dna you know all of that trauma so i think about that stuff a lot as well and then for just like the whole um view right of her like Uh, his mom Sarah laying in bed and then all these men outside just standing like with the door open seeing all of this stuff and seeing her just you know bleeding out and I'm sorry if this is graphic for y'all um 
but you know, it was just, it's so unfortunate that that was his entrance into this world because he was just set up for failure, set up for, you know, not having love um, in the same way, right? In the quote unquote traditional way, because he was lucky that Lady Danbury was there and it, and was able to interject in key points of his life. But um, that's something that really stood stuck with me as to why, like, he's such a hot mess. One, you know his dad never gave him any skin-to-skin time. Like, that Duke was not taking off his shirt to hold his baby. Like, that – I don't think he probably ever hold the baby again after it was born. No. But he brought him out to show to the men, and the men are clinking and and (laughs) (laughs) ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-
right like flashback that we see so to go along I mean, with we do Sasha, find sorry geneva go sorry ahead. i just wanted to quickly say something about what sasha said which i like kind of agree with it kind of made me think of since this is kind of a shondaland production and made mm. me think of scandal actually um and when olivia has a conversation with papa pope and he basically has to say like you know like you have to be twice as good you have to be twice as good as them to have what they have and like you know they were basically given this role so it's kind of that sort of you know expectation of remaining extraordinary and exemplary and so the the way that simon is isn't or whatever simon is doing is not up to that's not only just a normal standard but just that extraordinary standard so it kind of just made me think of i'm starting to see um you know elements of shonda that are you know kind of in multiple um different you know different works that she has um, created or worked on so i thought that was kind of um, an interesting point mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sarah yeah. what were you saying well, just that um, we find out in the in the present of the of the episode. And I know we're not talking about that yet, but we do find out that Duke Daddy did try to get children with other women, and that becomes the the genesis of a of a fist fight, which we'll come to. But that's also a piece of information that we know. So yes, he didn't uh, remarry, but he certainly was trying to get an heir. That's how you. Yeah, to but say. it's. I mean that that like that child would have needed to be what like deemed legitimate by the the king, right? So mm -hmm. I really don't think that that would have happened anyway. Well, that's what the Fitz is in in a in a uh, in a surname. Anybody that's Fitz something is an illegitimate child of that mm -hmm. person. So the the king's um, children, illegitimate children, were Fitzroy. So the, so that the father could acknowledge the child uh, and give his name but it had the fits in front but yes you're right easily done i mean obviously duke daddy has the favor of the of the royals as they gave him the title uh, so i'm sure if he got a, a another male son uh, that could have been arranged oof the uh, more you know i did not know about this i didn't know about the fits yeah, it's very interesting um the context it says a whole lot more about Mr. Fitz and Pretty Little Liars yeah. now. Because he didn't have anything after it. I guess he was just a bastard. And was in Fitz in uh, Scandal as well, yeah. the president. There you go. <laughs> wow. There you go. Shonda so knows. Grand. Shonda knows. Yeah, she, she's thinking about these things. It's clear. She's got it together. Um, So we also finally... Um, Lady Danbury comes and is meeting Simon as like a young a young child. I don't know, maybe he's like seven or eight now. I don't again, I don't know. Kids' ages are mean like they're just blobs to me. Like I I can't tell. Um <laughs> yes, and she's, like I I like there's the, the point where they become an adult, and I don't know when really that point is, but like, I just can't perceive them. I'm sorry. Um, and if that's rude, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I can't not. tell. Like, if you show me a picture of your kid, if you don't tell me how old they are, I will not know. Okay? And the, and people expect me to know, like, or they'll be like, my kid is 27.5 months old. It's like, I don't know what that means. Like, that kid is not two. good at math. I, yeah. Child is two. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm not getting into months. Oh, my God. Um, so Lady Danbury comes and asks, Simon, like, why aren't you in school? And this is where she finds out that Simon has the stutter and she gives him like a pretty legendary pep talk about how she also used to be afraid, but she found that by making herself terrifying, she didn't have to be afraid anymore and that she will help him to not be afraid, but he then has to be extraordinary and live up to his name. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a little kid, but at least she did it in an inspirational way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you because that's, I feel like just a lot. Um, just if he wants to change that part of himself, fine, right? Like change it. But then to be like, I'll only change you if you want to be perfect. It's just, it's such an unfortunate um, push that happens, especially again to people of color where it's like, you have to be perfect or, you know, you're, you're not deemed worthy. And that it's just not true. Like, let us be, you know, mediocre and average. Like, it's fine. The world won't fall. And also a good point. People can stammer. Everybody just relax and listen to them. They're communicating yeah. with, with, with us. And if they don't want to change it, don't change it. Just listen, mm -hmm. have time, you know, relax. You don't have to yeah. give them words. You don't have to help them out. 
I, I definitely have an occasional stutter and I'm very grateful that people are not uh, rude about that because I can't, I can't imagine if it was a push to be like, no, you have to speak perfectly. Actually, you know, people do act like podcasters need to speak perfectly all the time. Oh, mm-hmm. you said like, oh, you said, um, oh, you have vocal fry. Shut up. You have vocal fry. You enough. women and, and vocal fry is so gendered. It's only women who have vocal fry. It's weird because that speech pattern exists. Um, in a, other genders as well, but they don't mm-hmm. get read for it. It's interesting how that works. Mm-hmm. Because just so anyone like is wondering, oh, because I said like on per anyway. <gasps> uh, is any if anyone's wondering, we're not reading off a paper. Like this is not a script. It's just us ad libbing off of what each other is saying. So if you were thinking to say I say mm, too much because we are an all women panel, you know, take a pause. It's called a conversation. Yeah. Sit exactly. back. You don't have to be in charge of our conversation. Are your We're thoughts perfect? You. I mean, I don't think anyone is like hating on us. But <laughs> no, I, look I, at us I, dragging for no reason. I anyway. just, got, I just wanted. I, I think we went too far. Listen, we love yes. you all. Please leave us five star reviews. You yes. can say like and I'm as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll leave you a five star review as well. So don't worry. Um, so after some time becoming uh, a little bit more educated working on his stammer uh, lady danbury introduces simon back to his father and the speech has his speech has improved he is mostly speaking very clearly without any you know hesitation or stutters uh however his father still calls him his worst failure and Simon then, you know, stutters a little bit through asking his father, have you received the letters that I sent you to let you know I'm still alive? And the dad is just like, "Mm, not to me. Oh, that was horrible. Can you imagine? Like, he's just a little boy. And he's like, I just want to make sure you knew I wasn't dead and I love you. Like, Right is basically what he's trying to say. But that man don't care. He gives zero Fs. He's like, you're not good enough, sorry. And I'm just like, you have such an adorable son. Come on. He's he's trying. No you're child being intimidating. No child would have been good enough for him. Yeah. If it wasn't a stutter, it would have been something else. Oh, I'm sure. And we do um, see that all the letters are still in the desk uh, and with the seals unbroken. Uh, in the present day of the show, it's it's heartbreaking because Duke Daddy missed out on that relationship too. It's not just Simon that was damaged by this, but Duke Daddy could have had joy and love in his life and pride in his son. I just could would have... love for you to stop saying Duke Daddy. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm laughing and every time you say enough it. Enough like, is enough. Like... <laughs> um, and then the the last thing we get there's the the last um flashback is the is the one where simon visits his father and that there isn't another one between that and this correct no correct yeah so. so he he visits his father who's clearly on his deathbed uh and he tells his father that i am never going to marry i will never carry on the hastings name calls his father a fucking monster and his dad dies so uh, yes. Yeah, Simon got, I guess, the last laugh, question mark? That was a dramatic part. He's like, listen to me very closely, for I've only returned to do one thing, to make you a vow, the only vow I'll ever make in my life. I will never marry. I will never sigh an heir. The Hastings line will die with me. Are my words clear enough for you, father? Speak, you monster, speak. I was just like, okay. <laughs> when he's yelling back at his father to speak, when his father used to yell at him to speak, mm-hmm. I'm like... I know he he's waited like his whole life to do that, unfortunately. And it's like, wow, how much help would therapy do for you know these people? Oh my because... god, can you imagine if they had therapy in 1813? Oh, we wouldn't have I any mean, of these stories. The the thing is, is if there was good therapy back then, can you imagine how much less generational trauma there would be? Like how much better That's the what world I'm would saying. be? Then we really would be in flying cars. Well, did you, Kate, did you know that we've had the technology to do flying cars for a long time, but we just can't because people can't drive? Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, I'm saying people, people just in general would be better overall. Like, oh, yeah. 100%. It'd be, it'd be like, all it, of it. That meme where it's like, 
the the future if we had therapy in 1813. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. We'd be like Wakanda, but better. <laughs> oh my god. Um okay, so that kind of covers all of the sad flashbacks. So at least we can we can move on to happier things. So um at the start of the episode, we get the Lady Whistledown uh voiceover talking about the shock and delight from the Vauxhall celebration, um, talking about the surprising match between Daphne and Simon. We also see the queen is like <laughs> in the bath, like she wants that lady whistle down, like gossip is cracked to her. She needs it. Well, it may be something else, not crack. But... <laughs> this is um I mean, is it not crack? I think it's, it's no. <laughs> it's different. This is anyway. Golda Rochevel, uh, and she's just wonderful to watch. I think this performance is incredible. And so she's waiting for the Lady Whistledown scandal sheet that uh, Julie Andrews gives us the voiceover of and we have seen through episode one and all through this episode and we'll continue to see is highly sought after. The young boy runs around with these scandal sheets, these anonymous scandal sheets from Lady Whistledown, and they're snatched from his hands and people everywhere, highborn and lowborn, uh, reading and gossiping. And the idea of, well, lowborn perhaps not reading, but certainly hearing them uh, read aloud as, uh, as there may be some educational paucity there. Um, and this is also one of the themes here that we see about let the women do the work and uh, women being able to solve things by their interconnection with each other, whereas men are rather cut off. So I, f- I find this kind of a really interesting theme as well. Do you know what's yeah. so big from that entire revelation from Lady Whistledown? That the Duke of Hastings and Daphne danced together twice. Twice! That's big! I know, it is big. That dance with me twice they... so I know it's real. What do you I mean? know. The fact mm. that they danced twice on the first night of their scheme is like, oh, he's he's, he's in ready. Her. He's ready to propose. Um, and so as a result, we're so we're seeing, you know, more callers in the Bridgerton drawing room. And, you know, Daphne doesn't want to put all her eggs in one basket, but um Anthony is fuming. Because he has already put all of her eggs in Burbrook's basket. And, you know, he's decent. He's fine. Uh, you know, aspire to better adjectives for your sibling spouses. But he's uh, okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's, no, he's not, not. Even okay. He's not. not. No, he's vile. He's like, really awful. Yeah, he's such a, like, and I, again, I'm not talking about just his looks. Like, he is so horrible. Mm-hmm. This whole, Again, we'll talk about it a bit later, but how he talks about women, how um, his, like, ownership over Daphne. Like, who are you, you toad-looking dude? Get out of here. It's very much um, the fact that Anthony does not see this is, you know, Mm -hmm. really, really showing some gender dynamics as well. And why are they okay with wanting such trash for their child for their sister and child because i know violet i see you i know that once the dukes are sniffing around you change your tune but before that she was more than willing well that's because it seemed like that was the only option now daphne has options right but i just you know violet i feel like you could have done something before instead of just being like well this is your option she She absolutely should have done something sooner especially since anthony wasn't doing his job what he should have been doing and then now what he's doing is clearly not smart or good at all so and that's why i guess daphne really had to do things on her own and be like simon you have to send me flowers you have to give me all these balls i need all expensive ones and my mother as well yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what was the funniest right it's like how amazing would their life, you know, wink, wink, ours, be if, like, men just got out of the way sometimes? You know? Just that's that's oh, the question I leave you all with. Don't don't tease me with that. Is there someone specific you're talking to, Sasha? Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> um, But Violet reassures Daphne that, she like, she's not going to have to marry Burbrook. Like, what the hell? Like... Simon's the one for you. Don't worry about it. And this is where Anthony's like, he's fuming. He's like, no, Simon will never wed. He will not do it. You cannot trust this. It is not happening. Like, 
enough. And so he goes straight to the boxing gym to confront Simon with a bared knuckle brawl. <laughs> oh my god. Why Simon are these in the rich people ring. Wow. why are these rich people fighting with no gloves? Like your face is important. Stop it. Because they're rich. I think they don't literally have nothing to lose. They and find that the, the bruises and anything that comes to their hands will look like they are even more dominant and even greater than they oh. are. Uh, I mean, I'm into it because of how <laughs> Simon looks. <laughs> yeah, but that's because Simon is shirtless. And Will. Exactly. Will is shirtless Will also. Well. Mm, oh, mm -hmm. Will. Will. Well, I'll look at Will and Simon sure. shirtless all day, but they don't have to punch each other. They don't have to. I'm into but it. It's, it's how, the, it's oh, how they show their masculinity. Gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like it. to me. Um, Anthony comes into the ring, does not take his shirt off. Well, unfortunately. <laughs> I guess he was feeling probably a little self-conscious. Uh, it's, it's like he's got a t-shirt on. Seen his abs. We've seen, We've seen his abs. We've seen his butt. Like we've seen it oh, all. That was yeah. one of the yeah. first things we did. Exactly. One of the first things in the first Five. minute. Yes. It, he he bared everything. It was like he where's Anthony? Segway. <laughs> <laughs> he basically like tells Simon that he's not good enough for his sister because he goes to brothels and sleeps with women. And Simon's like, Don't you do all that too? Yeah. Like yeah. what what about it? And I'm not marrying my sister is what I would have said. But, you know. I mean, yeah. that's probably what he's thinking, I guess. Well, I mean, he's like, you're trying to marry your sister to Burbrook. Like, get yeah, out right? of here. Like, yeah. stop it. Like, now you think someone's Disgusting. not good enough for her? Stop yeah. it. Yeah. And this is interesting because that's male friendship. And this in stark contrast, we see this wonderful female friendship between Penelope and Eloise, um, who are very interested and excited by the idea of, how does someone get pregnant? But they're also worried because Penelope's found out that um, Marina is pregnant and well, does and not I, know how it happens. I love at the um, at the picnic, Penelope goes to her mom and goes, can I go play with Eloise? And her mom's like, ladies, don't play. She's like, oh, play. can I go, uh, like, Promenade with some guys. <laughs> yeah. And it's like to be like to be fair, I find it very strange some of these scenes um because it seems like this picnic is very much a society gathering, and yet there are young women there who are not yet out, like Penelope and Eloise. And so I'm just like, maybe it was just like a day at the park and actually not a social gathering, but like why is everyone getting together to have a, like, it just seems a little bit off that they're in town and that there's ladies who are not yet out at these um, gatherings. I think everything is a time to find a man. So even if, like, well, yeah, but in, in official, general, it, right. it would have been that Penelope's older sisters need to marry and it's their mm -hmm. season and next year will be Penelope's season. Yeah, that's what's, the, well, that, yeah, Featherington, they're just doing it wrong, right? Because why are all are. three out anyway? So I think technically Penelope right. is, right, still. Well, in the last episode, too, did Penelope no? actually oh, asked Oh, did she get mom. presented as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, she, she, said to sh her mom she that shouldn't have been. I don't think she's out in the first book. I think they adjusted ages oh, um, in yeah. the show. Because in the first episode, Penelope was like, well, since Marina's coming, you only need three. Why do I need two? We could push me back. You know, we could push me back. Because she's at Louisa's age and Eloise's yes. not out. Yeah. Eloise and she, and she uses Eloise as the example. Yeah. 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 yeah they're they're playing with else. timelines here. Um, we do also get the queen invites um, Violet to tea. So mm -hmm. that is uh, very prestigious. Yeah, everyone's losing their damn mind <laughs> over this. But it's again, funny. they were just talking about jewelry the and then all of a sudden. Yeah, but again, the queen literally has nothing better to do. Because why are you asking people to, you know, it's here's the queen trying to just save her, you know, uh, save her honor. Because she's like, bruh. I just put this girl as a diamond of the first water and you really try to play me by, you know, and your family rather is trying to play mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Cause at, at the picnic, Nigel uh, comes up and mm -hmm. is like, I will be marrying Daphne in three days. And if I don't marry her, um, everyone's going to know that she's like used goods. Well, because he says she went the dark walk with me. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you weren't the only one. 
<laughs> Burp. That's true. Like, um, excuse me, uh, sir. No, she actually did not go to the dark walk with you. You forced the issue. <laughs> it was a throuple. First Giant of all. <laughs> what a what do you think that would probably come off? Well, that would be worse for sure for Daphne's yeah. reputation. But like, then maybe she could marry the Duke instead. Well, but then also maybe? obviously questioned by um Burberg, like well why isn't why aren't you guys engaged like what's up with Daphne and I'm just like what's wrong with you man another another man that I end up disliking in this episode well, again we all like him, him from the yeah. first moment what are you talking about no, I'm just saying in general like I just kept started listing like oh like oh, former yeah. Duke of Hastings oh Lord Burbrook like I'm just like Anthony's bothering me I'm just like literally all these people are bothering yeah. me that's really why we like Simon because he's actually he's ratchet, but like he's honest. That's why we like him. And we're about to like. <laughs> oh, it's because he's honest. Much. I thought it was his face and body. Nah, uh, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Yeah, that's just the added bonus. Let's let's oh, be clear. Um, so I don't know where we are anymore. No, so we went from picnic right, and then the tea. So maybe we should talk a little bit about what the queen plants. Yes. So the queen is like, just think, you know, if your daughter doesn't marry well, like mm. it will influence the whole family. She doesn't say it specifically like that, but that's the me- that's the message. Like your daughter better marry well this season. Like maybe a duke. Uh, if your daughter does not marry well, mm-mm. not happening. All out. Yeah. And Violet at this point knows that Burbrook's uh, threat to Sully, Daphne, uh, they are all acqu- acquiescing to that. She t- she has told her daughter there's well, joy Daphne in says, children. Daphne says, I have no other choice. I have to yes. marry him. I will do the honorable thing to protect myself and my family. Yeah. Um, like the Violet didn't have to be like, oh, you have to marry him now. She was like, it's the only way. I'll I'll do what needs to be done. That's yeah, true. Um, like, just don't fight. <laughs> like, you know, to Anthony, please do not fight him and like then, don't duel him don't that duel. Is, it's a, yeah. yeah no yeah. duels yeah. um however we'll, With we'll, the- get, we'll take care of him don't worry mm-hmm. um we do also have uh there's the dance as well so i guess the dance happens before the picnic doesn't it yeah, I'm sorry. I jumped yeah, the yeah. So there, there is a dancers. Uh, Simon and Daphne are continuing. They're plotting, uh, but Burbrook is being like very weird. And finally, uh, Simon tells uh, Anthony Anthony about what happened, and then Anthony's like, "You will never talk to my sister again." <laughs> yeah, he finally lays down the law now that a man said something. As Daphne says. Yes. Yep. You didn't believe it when I said it, but now that a man said it, it's it's all, you know, you believe it. And he's like, well, why why was I never told? It's like, well, you know, like Simon had to say, because, you know, you're not, you wouldn't, you wouldn't listen to her. Literally. She's been trying to hint, like, yeah, she's, she's not been a great saying guy. it. <laughs> like, she's like, been basically what? like, I don't want to, I don't want to be with this guy. And Anthony's like, well, you have no prospects. And then once Daphne has prospects, he's like, well, I don't want them. Because I didn't choose them. I didn't make that arrangement. And I'm just like, who are you? He sucks so bad. Um, But speaking of listening, I think now is a great time to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. (laughs) And we're back. I'm a professional, okay? Let me live. (sighs) Um, But after this... Let's talk about the fight because that yeah. happens. Yeah, because also at the ball, Simon and Daphne are, um, I feel like, you know, the, things are bubbling. They're vibing. A little bit. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the fight because then after the ball, right, we've talked about all of this. Daphne does convince the Duke to take her to eight balls and a picnic, which – Listen, he didn't even put up a fight. So because Duke says, yeah, you know, I agree that Berwick is doing too much. So it's fine. So wanted to set that up, too, because that'll come up later. But anyway, He's a good negotiator. It worked out for her. 
he that man is not putting up a fight. He is a bad lawyer. Yeah, if he's, he were to be one. He's not trying. <laughs> I, I think at this point he's really starting to get drawn in. Um, yes. even though he's not admitting that, it's it's clear that he's sort of feeling some kind of way. Uh Daphne and Simon do get into a little fight at the at the ball because he told Anthony, but um it's it's fine. It works out. So after the ball. Simon decides to walk home instead of taking a carriage and a uh, creepy Berberk followed him on, under a bridge like the troll that he is. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. And then they're just like arguing about Daphne's honor. Oh, it must be that you aren't proposing because something's wrong. She's damaged. What have you done? Talking about her honor. And then I love that, you know, Simon is like being the good feminist that he is saying, have you chatted with Daphne about this? And this man says, I don't nego. If I'm to buy a horse, I don't negotiate with it. Those are fighting words. And guess what? Fight does happen because Simon says, absolutely not. And then they, but Berber keeps pushing and pushing. Then Berber now comes for Simon's family and says Apple doesn't far to, fall too far from the tree because guess what? You're just as trifling as your dad. And bam, Mm-mm. gets beat the hell right up. Because he oh, so that. satisfying. I mean, like, violence is, yeah, violence is no violence is no mm, violence everybody. against a Nigel Burbrook, but oh, yeah, okay with it. You as can soon slap as, Nazis as on the right as, uh, side. This is fiction, said, so yeah, 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 that's true. And as soon as he says, Oh, have you had her? It's like, Oh, beat him, beat him, and beat, beat his ass. Did. And he looked, and then the picnic happens the next day, yeah. and at the picnic oh my god that man looked busted i love that he already had a black eye from daphne like he obviously bruises like a friggin peach because she did not punch him that hard and then simon finished the job and he is black and blue yeah and i just love how um violet even says oh that looks like you're you're hurting like let's let's move (laughs) and let's sit down So brutal. Um, So, yeah, at the picnic, the one other thing, too, to bring up before all of the uh, plotting and and scheming of it all is Daphne and Simon are continuing to negotiate their uh, amount of of, uh, time together. And Daphne sees a bunch of men looking at them and goes, oh, please button my cuff for me. And it's like that man's holding her hand and wrist for way longer than necessary. He saw that sliver of skin. He lost control. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm into it. Let's make it happen. But I just, I also love that they finally start talking. They're they're having a little flirt off. They're very into this. And then Simon says, well, if I were to force to take a wife, you know, you probably are like the the least worst option is basically what he tries to say. Objectional option. The nagging. He's nagging her. And I'm just like. If a man ever said that to me, it, it's over. That's when I would be like, oh, I was dumb. And I was really about to fall for this. Thank God. I'm back. I'm back. Like, <laughs> Thank you. No more. Yeah. No more. I, I thought I was slipping, but it's cool. I caught myself. Thank God. We're good. <laughs> Amazing. Um, We also so- get so. Once they, once the Bridgertons all go home, um, Violet talks to Daphne about how, you know, marriage has pros it gives you comfort it gives you a place to live it gives you security and safety that you may not otherwise have and Daphne explains how she always has wanted what her mother and father had that they were so beautiful that like obviously they were in love and she's crying and she's upset because at this point she is being forced to marry a man who she literally hates, who she has punched enough. Like, you know he's not going to be good to her after he's been punched so many times about it, right? Like, you, like he, I feel like he would hit her for sure, um, based yeah. on all of that. 100% he would. She says, if he opens his tiny mouth, I shall be ruined, as shall we all. And she knows she's been brought up with this responsibility to represent her whole family. And uh, it, it's a very... It's a very moving scene, mother and daughter. Violet is trying to make the, the best of it. You know, she doesn't quite say, but, you know, your husband may be a disgusting troll, but you will find joy in the children that you raise. 
it's yes. uh, it's a very bad bargain. It's not it, it is not a good uh, good negotiation here for poor Daphne. Uh unlike how she's able to negotiate with the Duke. Yes. Um, right? It's weird. They have this is where the the tea with the queen happens and once Violet gets home, she's like you are not like she's like my daughter is not marrying that man. I'm inviting Lady Burbrook over for tea. Like that this is what we're going to do. She's plotting with her maid. She knows what mm-hmm. to do. It's I just, wonderful. I love it. It's so cool because the, it's really not about tea in case anyone was still lost because they're they're over here. They're talking. They're talking. And then, bam, Rose, who is uh, Daphne's, like, lady-in-waiting, actually gets all the tea. And Rose is like, oh, what's going on? Tell me more. Because, yeah, yeah these 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 housekeepers, uh, they're the worst, huh? Nudge, nudge. Exactly, right? So the, the housekeeper makes a rude comment about Lady Burbrook having so many biscuits. Um, but don't worry, I'll bring her more. And Anna talks to Lady Burbrook's lady's maid and says, yeah, housekeepers think they know everything. But it's us lady ma- ladies maids that really do it. But, like, you, they must have a pretty easy time over there because it's just the two people and this is where the tea is spilled tea (laughs) turns out (laughs) turns out lord berber right lord or whatever dad berberk's dad nigel's dad has had a fit an illegitimate no, child. No, Nigel. Nigel, Nigel, Nigel is a legitimate himself. child. Yes. Not th- it took he me got, three years to find what do you got mean? a child on a maid? And what is absolutely horrifying as we see. I the thought it was his dad this whole time. No, no it was it's Nigel. Oh and hell the worst no. sin. The worst sin that everybody everybody's sort of quite okay with that. But the worst sin is that he does not acknowledge the child and he sends the maid away before the child is born, sends her to the country with no back to her family with no money or protection. Oh, and here we God. see this standard of it's all right for a gentleman to get children on maids, but you know, you must see the child into the world and you must look after them in some and pay for the child like even if you're not going to you know acknowledge the child you Mm -hmm. must pay for that child because you've like that's kind of the 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 moral code like if it was nigel's dad sasha i don't think that that would have been enough to cancel the marriage such a big deal i had no oh my god how did this not come up so now (laughs) it's fine it's fine it's fine we all have moments like this um so now that they have this information uh, Daphne's like, okay, great. Well, we know this, so what? Are, but what are we supposed to do about it? And Violet's like, well, now we will do what women do, and we will talk. She goes straight to like the modiste to get a new dress. She probably does not need a new dress. She just wants to get this information out there, and this spreads like wildfire until it reaches Lady Whistletown. <laughs> and this is where now I'm like. You know, because now we're trying to also figure out sight, right? Who is Lady Whistledown? Who is this Regency gossip girl? So that's when I'm like, oh, Miss Modiste, you you are Miss Modiste. This is the first introduction to to the French Modiste, Mm -hmm. the seamstress, and we think, Mm -hmm. oh, she will get. She has all the gossip. But what's wonderful as it runs through the drawing rooms, as it runs through the markets, as the maids rush to tell each other, uh, as Lady Whistledown obviously gets it, as she writes about it, we land in the gentlemen's club. And all the gentlemen are now reading Lady Whistledown. And Lord Burbrook finds himself in very bad odour with the other men. And it's their opprobrium that he that he fears. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's almost like he doesn't really realize what's going on. Everyone is gossiping around him. And then he's like, wait, but no one's talking to me. And he grabs the the Lady Whistledown's register and starts reading. And it's like, yeah, well, turns out he's got another child. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's called away to the country on urgent business. Mm-hmm. That killed me. That truly killed me. Oh, uh, and the toad and is we gone. never saw him again. Thank God. Peace out. Bye. I can't believe he was gone in two episodes. Like, I truly I can't believe that. Because I remember him so much of being like a villain. Yeah. I'm just, I'm very confused. 
Can we also talk about these unfortunate sex conversations or these horrible sex talks that these moms are not giving their daughters? Oh, yeah. We should talk about that one that happened at the fun Bridgerton household. Yes, because I just love that Eloise just runs in (laughs) and goes, how does one have a baby if you're not married? And it's like, oh, I how well, because like the the way that this would work is that you would get engaged and the night before your wedding, your mother would sit down with you and it would be up to her discretion what information you would be given. Let, Let him just let him. Would probably be the talk. Like lay down mm. and think of England. Like, yes. oh my god, that's it's not yeah. sad. It is very sad. And you know, even you know, Daphne was playing the pianoforte. She literally stops in her tracks. Her mom has to tell her to keep playing. Um, you know, like her mom's like, that's more than enough. Then of course she's like asking her brothers. Like I'm sure. One of you know about this situation, but of course, you know, Benedict's like, don't look at me. And Colin's but like, Colin oh. does want to share. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah the you. farm. Uh, uh. I mean, he's the, th- he's the third son. I feel like the mm-hmm. third son, they're going to be a little more loosey goosey. I just appreciate Like, they're good brothers because, um, and we do get that later as well. But I appreciate that Colin was willing to help them out because. I we will talk about this a little later, but like this is really detrimental to people to not understand your body, your partner's body, and not really understand what can go on. Because God forbid, what if something were to happen to Eloise, you know, or like some man were to take advantage of her, she wouldn't know that that equals a baby might come. So it's just, it's so unfortunate that women are seen as these like flowers that need to be protected um, while we're not one teaching men the same thing. And yeah, I'm talking about heterosexual relationships because that's just what um, the subject matter is. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so unfortunate that they're willing to let their daughters just be blind like this. Like it's horrible. I trust uh, Benedict might might also help her out. We've had a lovely brief scene of mm-hmm. them smoking cigarettes in the dark. Her declaring she wants to go to university. She she rails against her fate uh, uh, to be married, and he shyly reveals to her that she's not the only one in the family that doesn't want to be married. And so we see the second son and the second daughter uh, forming a bond. And I think this happens in large families that there are uh, alliances um, mm-hmm. within the within you know smaller alliances within the larger family. And it's a really yeah. nice relationship that that we'll see develop over time. I love them smoking cigarettes together. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, what are you going to say? Like, hit me with it. And he's like, no, you're fine. Just He's like, give me one. Give me one Just of give those. Me one yeah. Me. He's like, I <laughs> yeah, need one beautiful. too. Um, and even the scene before, like, you know, Eloise, like, bursts into the room. Um, you know, she is having that conversation with Penelope about how, you know, having ni- a nice face and hair isn't really an accomplishment. Attending university is an accomplishment, which of course leads to that conversation she has with her brother. Um, she's like, I can see how her my mom is proud because some man admires my sister for her hair and her face and wants to fill her up with babies. Um, so uh, yeah, that was kind of a quite yeah. a line. She but also doesn't, she also wants to know uh, why is it- you how or how you get pregnant but without marriage because she doesn't want that to happen to her mm-hmm. she's like i i what like well and she she gets the new revelation yeah yes. Penelope asks um marina and marina's like love that's cake. all it's cake. Cake. cake i mean in a way love penelope letters. almost threw out that cake because Penelope <laughs> was eating cake while Marina's saying this, and Penelope's like, "Oh, let me not eat this then. What the hell they got in Penelope's this cake?" Penelope's like, "I've eaten cake. I've never been pregnant before." What like what? But this is the I first love. time it's occurred to them that you can have a, a baby without being married, and I think it is truly frightening for for both of them, particularly for Eloise, who sees already that she knows she doesn't want to get married and be trapped mm-hmm. in that way. You know. Yeah, definitely wants to find more fulfillment than getting married and having a child absolutely but there's anything wrong with that no and there isn't but every every woman has her own vocation but at that time that wasn't what 
Yeah, was, she didn't which is sad. really have that option, which is really exactly. sad. But to be fair, I think that both university and having nice hair and a pretty face are accomplishments. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, now that now that the the toad has been uh, dispatched to the countryside, never to be seen again. It's very interesting that Anthony now says, "Oh, okay. Look, I I didn't handle that very well." I'm going to handle things better for the future. And Violet just turns on him and says, well, maybe I'll be handling things, in fact. So this is a sort of a Violet has acquiesced and nodded to him as head of the household because he's the man. And now that she's taken this on this project, which came to fruition, which will elevate her daughter and her family, she's sort of feeling herself a bit. It's like, no, actually, I'll tell you what, I'm in charge. You didn't want to be in charge. You made a terrible, mm-hmm. you know, mess with the, the toad. I'm now in charge. And I love this for, for, for her. And I love this actress. I haven't got her yeah, name. Anthony no. was too slow. He was focusing on other things. Clearly, this, that was not his priority. And she, he's been called out for it multiple times by his mom. So at this point, she's like, no, it's me. I'm in charge. Okay. Well, as as we were kind of just discussing... You know, another another conversation I think that also just generally happens. It's like a very short exchange. But, you know, we talked a little bit about Marina and how I guess, you know, we're starting to learn a bit about Marina's condition as they like to make it or, you know, making it seem like it's some, you know, she's sick uh, and all this sort of stuff. Um, But even she's like basically stuck in her room and. Um, you know, she even asked the question to Varney, like, you know, surely your mistress doesn't plan to confine me in this bedroom forever. And she's like, well, you're the only one really to blame for your confinement. And I'm just like, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that lady is horrible. That, and she uh, talks about her in the third person. Yes. Well, you would think that a person had only herself to blame. It's like, uh, what are you? What are you? Monster. I know. Just See, that, that's why I tell you, there's, I just started making a list of people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like women against women, right? It's just a really frustrating to watch. And um, I also want to know another um, moment is that Eloise and Daphne, right, also have um, a parallel conversation about this stuff where um, they are now remembering how traumatized they both were but i think eloise really remembers it more or holds on to it rather more um because when violet was pregnant with hyacinth their last um their father had just died i think what three months before or something like that and um you know they had a perilous night and daphne was trying to you know make sure eloise was okay and didn't really hear everything but she did and it turns out eloise is even like sees it in her nightmares or she thinks about it at night and that's another part of her character I want to say is why I feel like she's also so averse to this life because she's like I just this does not work for me like this is a mess I don't yeah um, Daphne sang to them to try and cover it up so it's also the the particulars of the characters of the two sisters and Eloise finally says it must be exhausting your endless pretense. And these sisters are not close mm. at this stage. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to the final ball of the episode. There were certainly yes. plenty of balls, blossoms falling from the sky and Simon and Daphne dance. And uh, uh, Daphne really lays down the door with him and says, this is about my life and I will not have this go wrong. She's referring to their deal and she says it absolutely has to come off that, um, you know, I will get a suitor from this pretend uh, mm-hmm. romance. And so Simon says, oh, well, you must call me Simon. And then she does. That's the condition. That's oh. the one condition. She's like, he, he's like, if it seems to be, you know, be that we are truly courting, if this is supposed to be a match like no other, then you should call me by my name. And we know my name is Simon, so you better call me by that. And then, you know, and, she starts laughing. So he's like, is there yeah. something funny about my name? Yes. It's this it's the feel of his name his name in her mouth. Oh for the first time. <laughs> no, it's like, wonderful. Oh, yeah, this and then, now. And then he calls her Daphne for the first time, pulls mm-hmm. her to him, and his hand lightly grazes the top of her back. And we all shiver along with <laughs> 
definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm literally shaking. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm okay, here. Simon, let's go. Yeah, I was like, what What do you need, Simon? It's like, okay, Simon. Simon, you said, right? Simon's Let's interested. Go. Okay. Yeah. But then she, like, mm-hmm. breaks character. Well, not character, but she breaks her moment. She's like, just to make it clear, I wish to find a husband so I can have a family, children. And he's like, well, so then let's find you a husband. Yeah. No, because this 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 was her being, like, just just checking. You, you like, I'm kid, just kidding. Right? Like, unless. You still want Unless. So she dances with another young man and he gazes at her dancing. And Lady Danbury, who's known him since he was a child, says, oh, what, what's, what's, uh, what's up with you, buddy? And it's, he says, nothing at all. <laughs> it's the way we still don't have any other hot men except for Simon and Will. Yeah. Like they couldn't Will's even make married. like a competing suitor to be hot. Come on. No, and we we might get more competing suitors, and they're still not so great (laughs) looking. I feel. Come on, give 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 me someone hot. Yeah, I I think he's. I think he's coming. I hope so. No, I hope so. (laughs) Because the brothers (laughs) are like no. Well, we know season two is gonna be Anthony, so it's not like. Yeah, we're getting that. Listen, Um, at the end of the season, Daphne will be married. Okay. Because every yeah. season will be about one of the Bridgertons getting married. <laughs> exactly. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. But like, come on. I'm sorry. If people that. haven't been able to put that together, I'd like. I'm yeah. not. I don't feel bad about that. No. I, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to Eloise being married because she's my heroine at the moment. Well, Claudia and Jesse doing a beautiful job. And Eloise's story is weird. It's very strange. Ooh, good I weird. No weird weird uh-huh. like does it doesn't make sense at all with who she is especially with how they've leaned into it in the show i'm i kind of hope they just oh, come up God. with a different thing because it's you know weird we have to trust we have to trust shonda um, with that but yeah that's and so the oh sorry go ahead the episode ends i was just gonna say so the episode ends uh we had a birth at the beginning of the episode and we have the death of duke daddy at the end and that is the thing that is wrong with simon Lady Danbury asks what's wrong, and he says nothing at all. In other words, absolutely bloody everything. Well, because he swore that he would never marry, and now he's got a crush. Yeah, his heart is pitter-pattering for Miss Bridgerton, (laughs) but unfortunately she wants babies, and he said, that's the thing I cannot do for her. Which we'll talk about later as to why this is a hot mess for him too, but for now that is where we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. is there this Duke? Is there anything else that we met? I feel like we covered it pretty well. Yeah, we did. Thank you, everyone, for like staying with us as we like went through it all. Because you know, there's so many different, I feel like, feelings mm-hmm. that come up. So it can't always be chronological for us. Yeah, let us live. It's fine. Yeah. Um <laughs> no, we just hope you're enjoying this like mess. Oh, they are. This show is don't mess. worry, they are. It's they're loving how it. How could they not? They are loving it. We all are. Yes. Let us know that you're loving it. That's, yes. that's important too. Uh, please leave us a five-star review uh, at uh, postshowrecaps.com slash Bridgerton. That would be the best way to let us know. If you subscribe to our feed, that's also the best way to let other people know about us and help us grow. Uh, so we do really, really, really appreciate all reviews. So please, I'm begging you, please leave me a review. Um, I need a review more than Daphne needs a husband, okay? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so that that's it. That's all. Um, we will be back uh, shortly to cover episode three of Bridgerton, uh, Art of the Swoon. Um, but until then, you can find us all on various other platforms. Geneva, where can they find you? People can find me at Peace Love Jen on Twitter, where I talk about all the shows. I'm very excited for BB Can coming up. So that should be one of the many things that I will be tweeting about. Um, and yeah, I'll talk about life, reality TV, random events, Bridgerton, um, anything you want to know about, I'll probably be tweeting about it. So yeah, just just continue the conversation with us on Twitter. Yes. Hell yes. And Sarah, where can they find you? And they can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Carradine where I'm leaping about from thing to thing like a butterfly on flowers. Uh, 
talking about pickled radishes most recently, uh, but uh, it might also be something serious about finding a horrifying new word that I didn't know. If you want to find out what that word was, follow me on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then, Sasha, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at funsize underscore 04 to know more about what other mess I'm in. And make sure you check out Silent Podcast and that uh, feed as well. It's wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple uh, to see all the other stuff I'm doing, uh, probably wrapping up The Amazing Race. So as you know, we're shooting this ahead of time. That's why. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, go check out Silent Podcast for more content. And thank you so much for listening. Hell yeah. Kirsten, what about you? Uh, and yeah, if you want to hear from me, you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What, where I am uh, streaming three times a week uh, on top of all of this, uh, as well as I do have a weekly BoJack Horseman rewatch podcast with the great Lindsay Wilson um, over at BoJack Horse Pod. Uh, and at this point in time, there's probably, if there's not Riverdale, there soon will be. So um, please check out Kowski Cast. That's Cow with a K. Um, but again, we'll be back uh, next time to talk about Season 1, Episode 3, Art of the Swoon, and we'll see you then. Bye.